What, what was the thought process of just going one more time? Was it more about like um, taking care of sponsors no. or was it like individually, like you need to put some space between you and other people that might be trying to break your record or no. So, I mean, the record, the record at the time was four, mm-hmm. four wins. Um, and then the, the guy who did that rich, uh, he took a second place and then four consecutive wins. Right. So I had two second places and then four consecutive wins. And so I was like, okay, you know, I've got six. Nobody else has six podiums in a row. I got right. four, four wins. I have the margin of victory. I have, mm-hmm. I had the records. Um, and then it was O'Keefe was just like, no, One more. nobody gives a shit about second place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Black Rifle Podcast starts now. So when you say you retired, what does that mean? Uh, just retired from competing. Right. Um, you know, so for, sorry, got something in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, for seven years competed at, in CrossFit, compete, like my competition was the CrossFit games. Right. Uh, and the last got, so I took second place twice in 2014, 2015, and then I won five consecutive times. Um, yeah. And after the fifth, you know, I was just, well, after the fourth, I was done. Um, I got talked back into coming back for a fifth. Um, who talked you into the fifth O'Keefe, my, uh, my, uh, yeah, yeah. manager, yeah, yeah, agent, yeah, yeah. best friend, you know, yeah. it was just like, I remember I was sitting on the dock the week after the games and he called me and I was just like, I uh, know as my coach called me and he was like, Hey, you know, what's the plan? Get mm-hmm. back into training. I was like, I'm done, dude. And he was like, Oh, okay. And then like five minutes later, I get a call from O'Keefe. And, uh, so clearly my coach had called O'Keefe and was like, yo, Matt. Retirement. Like, <laughs> you got to talk to this guy. <laughs> and so O'Keefe, uh, O'Keefe was like, hey, man, I think you need to go one more time. Right. You know, uh, so. What What was the thought process of just going one more time? Was it more about like um, taking care of sponsors? No. Or was it like individually, like you need to put some space between you and other people that might be trying to break your record? Or No. So, I mean, the record, the record at the time was four, mm-hmm. four wins. Um and then the, the guy who did that, Rich, uh, he took a second place and then four consecutive wins. Right. So I had two second places and then four consecutive wins. And so I was like, okay, you know, I've got six. Nobody else has six podiums in a row. I got right. four four wins. I have the margin of victory. I have mm-hmm. I had the records. Um, and then it was O'Keefe was just like, no, One more. nobody gives a shit about second place. nobody cares yeah he was like you need that fifth goal Uh, and and he he said he was like he was like i think when you're 40 even if you come back and you miss that the fifth win yeah he was like i think if you don't even take a whack at it you'll regret it yeah and absolutely but then you know i pushed through and then that season got extended months Mm -hmm. um and it kept getting extended like we would get up to like competition supposed to be two weeks away Right, and then because of COVID, they're like, "Hey, we're pushing the competition back another six weeks." Well, then for me, I'm sitting there like, "Well, fuck! I can't just erase that training I did." Right, and if if now I try to push through six more weeks, I'm going to be overtrained, and and that happened two or three times in the last season. So like by the end of it, I'm like, "Dude, I'm this is supposed to be an eighth month season. Now I'm 14 months in, and now it still might not even happen." Right. And so you're sitting there like, Jesus Christ, like if this thing gets canceled, like, am I going to do a whole nother year of this? Like I wanted to be out a year ago. Right. And now th- this season's already extended long. And, and so, you know, by the time, you know, thankfully the competition happened, everything went well. Um, you know, props, thank you. 
props to CrossFit. Like, I don't think anyone would have, you know, criticized them too much if they had to cancel. Like, they jumped through hoops to make sure that competition happened, and then it did. And, you know, for me, I was just like, I'm tired of putting other things on hold. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my life was incredibly simple. Wake up, eat, sleep, train. Um, but, you know, I wasn't traveling. I was missing a lot of other stuff. I was putting, you know, different business ventures on hold because right. – I was competitor. So all I did was compete. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that's, that's what I was there for. And so that's what I did. Um, and then the day I retired, you know, it was like, all right, let's, let's start kicking off with everything else. Uh, so got a bunch of, what'd you do? Like, I mean, what do you do? Are you, what's like the thing that you were missing where you're like, this is the thing that I've, I punted on this multiple times. I want to do this thing. Yeah. I want to like go on like a vacation or whatever, whatever it is. I I mean, not even so much vacation. It was just like, work in different avenues. You know, I wasn't, I never felt like I was being challenged. Um, you know, like obviously the training I was doing was very tough, but it's very repetitive. And like, I got a double major, double minor and never used it. You know, like I, I, I got one degree in mechanical engineering and another one in business. Right. And then minors were in math and something else. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, you know, it was just like the days were repetitive, you know, and like, were you just bored? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, like for, you know, eight months out of the year, six months out of the year, you're like, no, I'm not traveling at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the food's the same, schedule's the same. You know, there, there's there's fun times, don't get me wrong, but your day-to-day is it's a grind. Um, so, you know, there, I had some cool opportunities. You know, I got to open a supplement company with some friends, wrote a book, launched HWPO training. So it's mm-hmm. like, these are all these things that I've been wanting to do right. this whole time. Um, but I had one interaction early in my career where I think, I think I had won the games one time. Um, and then I was trying to do the responsible thing. I was going to buy like a duplex or a triplex, right, live in right. one unit, rent out the other. I was like, no, this is the right thing to do. And, uh, my accountant was like, what the fuck are you doing? He was like, if you, if everything goes right and they pay the rent on time, they're the best neighbors ever. How much do you make? And I was like, I don't know, 24, 36 grand, whatever it came out right. to. And he was like, if everything goes wrong and they keep you up every night, they, you know, they're terrible. Yeah. How much is it going to cost you? Like if it costs you yeah. losing the games because you're distracted. And I was like, I lose a lot. And he was like, exactly. He was like, do nothing but compete. Do nothing but compete. Like that's how you make your money. That's how, mm. you know, you're building your resume. Go do that. And so I just took that to heart. And I was like, all right, until I retire, I do nothing but this. That's, that's actually really s- simple and sage advice for a lot of people because I, I have similar, I, that's actually way better and, and more clear, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I have very, very simple advice for a lot of people. It's like triage your time. Yeah. And then what you do is you concentrate on the things that are directly yielding you a positive ROI return on your mm-hmm. investment. And then you chop out all the white noise. Yeah. I'm like, there you go. So if you're spending time on things that are returning a negative, yeah. meaning negative energy, negative income, negative, that, negative, negative, kill all that stuff. That's the biggest thing that like, you know, you're just like, you want to be tough and yeah. like, nope, like I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to get this done. No negative energy. That shit builds up. It's like, cut Dude. it out. Like for me, the best example is that when I first started. So I was in school full time. Um, you know, I'm carrying crazy course load, taking a full course load during the summers. Cause I'm just like, I want to going to school, uh, UVM university right. of Vermont. Yeah. Um, but like I, I was hustling, you know, I wanted to get the credits done as quickly as I could. And, you know, I would scavenge up eight other students. I would take a summer course so we mm-hmm. could just 
plow through the whole summer and try to get our degrees done quickly. Um, yeah, fuck. I forgot where I was going with that, but, um, I mean, it's, but like that, like cutting out the fat. Oh yeah. That's where I was going with it. I was in, I was in school full time caring typically between 18 and 20 credit hours. I was training, you know, to go to the games and then that summer, I had a summer internship at an aerospace company. Um, Which one? Uh, at the time, it was called UTC. Uh-huh. Uh, formerly, what was it? Goodyear, Goodrich. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the big thing is like land air defense missiles. Right. Um, so, you know, as a young kid, college internship, this is like the best one in the area. Yeah. I'm fucking psyched on it. And then it was like sitting behind a desk and doing government contracts. Yeah. And you're like, <clears throat> fuck this. <laughs> fuck that. Um, <laughs> But anyways, like, you know, I was juggling all these things and I, I knew I wanted a college degree. I knew I wanted to compete in CrossFit because it was a good side hustle. And so I just cut everything out of my day. You know, I'm leaving the house at 6 a.m. I have, you know, gym bag pack, school bag pack, and I'm getting home at 8 p.m. And it's just like, you're going straight to school. Right. In between classes, like, I got two hours. I ripped to the gym, you know, don't, no pleasantries, no saying hi to anyone. Right. Very little warmth. And it's like, well, if you want to get the shit done, get the shit done. Um, but it's like how much time you can lose just the bullshit in your day, Mm -hmm. little conversations here, getting worried about little things there, like things that don't matter. And I, I'm glad I put myself in that situation 10 years ago because I was able, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. The day's plenty long. Right. Like, yeah, I just need to quit fucking around. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The day's plenty long. It's, you just need to like chop out all the white noise. Yeah. Yep. And I feel it. I feel it all the time because I feel it in the, um, the business circumstance and the mm-hmm. context. If I come into the office, I get hardly anything done because it's like, and by the way, I plan my day around that. Yeah. So it's like I come into the office to have conversations with multiple people yeah. that ultimately eat up most of yeah. my day. <laughs> if I have a packed day of like meetings where I have to get a bunch of shit done, I can't come into the office. Yeah. Or just like duck in the back door. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, you and I talked like, I mean, obviously we've known each other for like 10 years now. And like, I, I remember distinctly when, when, uh, when, when we first met, you were talking about how you used to eat like Chinese food out of like the, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the, food, the, food, the truck food truck behind, behind the library, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And you were training for the games, right? Yeah. And you're like eating like shit. You I mean, full. I mean, for me, it was just like, that's what I had access yeah, to. Right. Um, you know, I was living in my parents' basement in a yeah. shitty apartment that had no windows. I was driving a $300, a like, Cutlass like Oldsmobile, yeah. 1988 <laughs> yeah. Oldsmobile. Um, you know, I'm, half my wardrobe was from Costco. Like, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. If supplements were free, they were for me. Like, right. I didn't fucking care. I just wanted to go there and do my thing. Um, and none of the other stuff mattered. And I knew like, hey, if I do this stuff well, the other stuff will come. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll it'll come here eventually. And I try not to skip any steps, right. you know, like just grind, you know. And I found, I don't know, like it became motivational to me of like being in the shitty situation and right. still winning. And like, yeah. you know, you find the silver lining. Like my old home gym had like five foot 11 ceiling, so I couldn't go overhead. Yeah. Um, had no windows, had no air vents coming in. So it was about as shitty as shitty got. And it was a hundred and... Or no, it was like 200 square feet, the whole home gym, right. you know? And, and I, that's where I trained every day. And, and then I won the games and I was like, all right, if I can build a fucking champion there, like what's going to happen when I get a better home gym. Right. And so then when I moved to Tennessee, my home gym got bigger in size. Right. 
And then it went from like the dusty, <clears throat> grimy, dark, hot room to the perfectly manicured, perfectly clean. Like I have every piece of equipment. I have enough height. I can do everything. Yeah, yeah. And so part of me was like, ooh, am I going to lose my edge? Right. But then I just like switched my brain. I'm like, no, now if I built a champion in this shitty room, like imagine what I can do in this lab, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's just kind of always finding those silver linings and just keep that ball rolling. Yeah, what's it? <sighs> what's that like when you go from being in this like shitty home gym, 200 square foot to, okay, now you're, you're the, you're the champion. I mean, you're the fittest guy in the world. Like, how do you make that distinct change where you're like, I mean, does it go to your head a little bit? Does it kind of like get, get to you where you're like, your ego starts to blow up or like, who's keeping you in check? I mean, nothing really changed for me. Nothing. Um, you know, I think I won the games twice before I moved out of my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, because, like, for me, it was like, no, I'm here to compete. I don't give a shit about right. anything yeah, yeah. else. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, for me, it was like having the nice house. I, I it's a very again, monastic and, life almost, but, right? But once again, like, I used it to my benefit, too. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was like I started dating Sammy. Um, you know, I met her and like, where did you guys meet? Um, so we got introduced by some mutual friends Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we talked like text phone calls for a while and then, uh, we met out at the games. Okay. Um, that was our first, first time like actually hanging out Mm -hmm. and it was immediately like, uh, oh, I'm going to marry this woman. Really? Yeah. Like immediately. No way. Like Um, day one hour one. Are you saying seriously? So, so I actually, this is kind of weird. I actually saw Sammy like two years before I ever met her or knew her name. Um, I saw her in a crowd and like, I was no che- fucking way. I was checking in for a competition. She was working the check-in. She worked at Reebok at the time. And I saw her for like two seconds and she was walking away. Like I saw her talk to somebody and walk away. And I just went like, that's it right there. And, and so like, I <sighs> didn't know her name, didn't know anything about her. Uh, and so there was one, one guy I actually went through every single one of his Facebook friends looking for this girl. No, and he had like 9,000 Facebook friends. Right. I'd go back every six months to look at it, look at his friends to see if I could find this girl. And then I got introduced to her. Um, and then like the first night that we hung out, um, we stayed up talking until probably 7 a.m. just eating cereal. Um, just like eating Reese Puffs on right, the bed yeah. and chatting. Um, yeah, so I, I knew immediately. Um, but then another big thing too, when, you know, we're getting to know each other. She's like, you know, where do you live? You know, yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, Let's see what happens. I'm like, I live in my mom's basement. I live in my parents' basement. <laughs> it's awesome. And, and she was it's just awesome. like, cool. cool. Like, I, I bet you save money down there. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I fucking do. Yeah. Um, and then it's like when, when she quit her job, she was living in Boston and then moved up to Vermont into that apartment with me. I was like, this is a real one. She's not dating me for because right. of, I'm good at CrossFit. She's not yeah. dating me because I'm whatever. I'm like, you know. I'm living in a shitty apartment and driving a shitty car and I do nothing. I just train. And she was, she was there for it. So, you know, there, there's silver linings of like, for me, like if you're dating and like you're well off or you've had some yeah. accomplishments, like, yeah. are you dating me because of my status or like somebody's super wealthy? It's like, are they dating me because of my money? Right. For me, there is no question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you, <clears throat> in, in your life, when you look at that, uh, you, you have basically uh, your left and right limits are 
pretty narrow. Like you can't, I, and I'm just in, I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth yeah. here, but I'm just envisioning like from, even from a, uh, a diet, diet and then nutrition perspective, it's not like you're crushing down, you know, a couple little Caesars every night, you know, <laughs> like, like you're, you're ratcheting in your nutrition. Yeah, so after, so after the first one, now you start to work on like nutrition and yeah. form. Do you start like but, tightening up? So the, I mean, really like <clears throat> kind of really beneficial thing was when Sammy quit her job, moved to Vermont, you know, right. she didn't have a job lined up or anything. And for me, I was like, I know you not having a job is going to bug you more than it's going to bug me. Right. Like in terms of like, if I have to, if we have to pay your bills or whatever mm-hmm. it is for a little while. Um, and then, so in that little bit of a gap, she just started cooking. Um, you know, she was cooking a lot for me mm-hmm. and then she started an Instagram literally as a, like a digital menu for me. Right. Where she'd be like, Hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? And I'm so tired. I'm like, Oh God, I didn't know. I don't have the energy to think about it. I would just pull up that Instagram page and go through and be like, Oh, chili. Cool. And then she would go make chili. And for her, it's like the whole recipe was written out, all the right. instructions. So it's kind of like, I don't know, cutting out the decision-making. And then, uh, and then that page got some traction. You know, she got like, I think she's up towards like a half million it's followers. feeding the phrases, right? Feeding yeah, the phrasers, yeah. Uh, turned into a, a whole business for her. Um, she wrote a cookbook. No but, way. Yeah, Seriously? But like, so for me, I'm like, my wife stays home all day and she's a professional cook at this point. Yeah. And so she's just cooking all day. Um, so, you know, it really, really worked out for me of like dialing in my nutrition because I went from eating Chinese food and pizza because um, yeah. those are the two food trucks behind uh, behind the library. So that's what I eat. Right. Pepperoni pizza was a buck a slice and General Tao's chicken was a $5 combo. So <laughs> it was an easy day. Um, and then, you know, started playing with my nutrition a little bit, saw the better results from it and just went like, okay, let's dial this in. Um, so, you know, got like the professional testing done. So I'm not taking guesswork at yeah, my what, calorie intake and all that shit. What, what kind of tests, are, I'm just wondering like at your level, like what kind of tests were, were you doing from from like nutrition and supplements? Are you like doing your blood work? Are you yeah, going so, through, yeah. Yeah, so I did it, um, did two different um, tests. One one was on a stationary bike, one was on a treadmill. Right. Um, and it's basically you just go until you fail. Okay. So like the classic, you're on a treadmill, gas mask on, mm-hmm. like you got all the wires hanging off you and you start running at, you know, four miles an hour, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and, and then every three minutes or every five minutes, they would either increase the speed or increase the incline mm-hmm. until failure. Okay. And then every three minutes, the doctor, he, you know, he's taking my hand, like headlock in my hand to draw blood. Okay. As, so I'm still running. Like I'm right. 40 minutes in <clears throat> every three minutes, he's pricking my finger, drawing blood. Um, they're regulating the oxygen in, out. I don't know. Um, what do you that. learn from that though? Like- so then, uh, we basically sit down in a room. He shows me like my lactate levels and all that shit. And his, his words to me were like, you should have picked any other fucking sport. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, your lactic threshold is through the roof. Like this is banana numbers. And he's like, you're beating like most like professional soccer players, like all that. And he's like lactic threshold in, in soccer is like the number one marker. And he's like, you are so high. He was like, you should have, you should have played a sport that paid. <laughs> I was like, sick. Thanks. Yeah. Man. Thanks. So I was like, okay, well, how do I get better? And yeah. you know, that's where he's like, uh, that's when he's telling me like, all right, based on that output, this is how many calories a day you need to be taking in. This is how you take them in, like all that stuff. And 
And from that test, he was like, you need to be taking in 9,700 calories a day. Shut the fuck and, up. And I was, I, I 9,700, 9,700. And I, I like looked at him. I was like, bro, look at me. I was like, I can't fit 10,000 calories. I'm like, dude, I'm five, six. Yeah. Like, that ain't going to fucking happen. And he was just like, take it in this liquid. And so I just started drinking. It was, I took in a lot of my calories through Snickers bars and like condensed Gatorade. Like it was even like Gatorade in the bottle wasn't dense enough. Like I had to buy the, <laughs> the like the bucket of Gatorade yeah. powder and just put like a gallon scoop in like an eight ounce shaker and just, it was, it was gross. Like I'm lucky knowing what I know now, I'm lucky I didn't get diabetes. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. that, that's the first thing I'm thinking. Like how do you consume 10,000 calories a it's day just, It's with... And like, why? Like, wh- so why was, do you need was, that many? Is it because you're I was like just a, training you're just so training. much? Like the volume of training was because you don't know what you're competing in. You don't know what oh, the events are. Right, right. So, what does training day look like from from the time that you get up to the time that you go to bed? And I mean, I like I'm assuming like there's a few things I know, and I, yeah. I'm assuming like you got to keep a lot of this pretty secret too, right? You don't, like, yeah, I you don't, don't want like, this get, you didn't want that getting out at the time. Yeah. Like I knew I trained differently than, than a lot of people. So I was very, definitely not secretive, but just quiet. Mm. You know, I never posted PRs on my social media like that. Right. It's so silly to me. I'm like, why would you tell your competitors? How what your times you are? are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're giving them something to beat. You're giving them right. something to chase. Um, yeah. So like my training fluctuated through the season. Um, there's like three stages open, which is an online competition regionals or semifinals, mm. which is in person. And then the last stage is the CrossFit games. And each stage they, you know, they take like the top, you know, a couple percent move right. on to the next stage. Um, so like leading like two months before the games was my heaviest training. And that would be, you know, up at, up at eight, uh, food, body work immediately. Um, like a huge breakfast, like, like what's that look like? It'd be like, I don't know, like four or five eggs, four strips of bacon, bagel, cream cheese, bowl of oatmeal and fruit, a couple cups of coffee, and then like giant thing of water. How do you train after you've had that? So like I would have that, try to wait, you know, an hour to 90 minutes okay. before going in. I'd have like my pre-workout shakes before getting all my drive to the gym. At the gym, I would have these little things. They're called fuel for fires. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically like baby food in packets. Right. Um, but super convenient. You just like, they're super durable packaging. So I always just kept like six of them in my bag, uh, fruit gummies, Snickers bars, all that shit. And then a, a protein shake and a carb shake for protein. Like I would sip on them during training, get home. I would text Sammy on my way home. It was like a 10 minute drive. Like, Hey, on my way home, she would have lunch ready for when I got home. I would get inside. There'd be a carpet like about this big. And I had like, my little rack of all my recovery tools, so like right. scrapers, cups, lacrosse ball, all that shit. Yeah. And I would just lay on the ground um, on a PVC pipe, like roll right. out for a little bit. Sammy would put the bowl of food down in front of me, scarf it down, usually lay down right where I was, sleep for a little bit, get up, eat again, go back to the gym, do that whole process again. On the way home, text Sammy, have dinner ready for when I get home. Uh, do all my recovery work, sauna, ice bath. Right. Um, we would, for years, a fixture in our living room was a massage table. So Sammy would come into my PT sessions. The people would teach her how to do the manipulations, mm-hmm. body work, all that stuff. So I would usually get like 30 minutes to an hour of body work from Sammy at night, like just laying on the table. Right. She'd be 
digging in. Uh, then, you know, usually 10, 11 PM, have dinner number two, go to bed. And then you get what? 10 to 12 hours of sleep, right? Yeah. I would usually, yeah. Minimum 10. Yeah. I'd say to, uh, yeah. Nine, 10, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, wake up, do it all over again. Thursdays were road bike and swim. Mondays were off days. So Monday was your off day. You're working out like, yeah. So Mondays it was, you know, Sundays, the gym was empty. Yeah. So I love training when the gym was empty. I had access to everything on my own schedule. And then the gun range was always empty on Mondays. So, (laughs) So when I lived in Vermont, that's how that started. Right. And then it turned into like, oh, well, why would I take Sundays off? We always compete on Sundays. And so then I would just, after that, I would just stay on the competition schedule year round. So like I didn't have to change my rest days, mm-hmm. you know, day before a competition or something. It was just always ready to go. What was the thing that you always, <clears throat> was there an exercise or something that you always look forward to that you're like, this is my thing. Like this, this is the thing that you love where yeah, like, the, this is, this yeah, there, is the fucking one. Yeah. There were definitely a couple things, you know, like there, there were certain workouts that would come up. Um, so, you know, like when it came to the running events, mm-hmm. I'm not the best runner when it came to the weightlifting, I'm not, I'm not the best weightlifter, mm-hmm. but if you put those two together, like if you did a weightlifting movement with any other movement that didn't favor a strong guy, mm-hmm. that's where I really felt like I could hit another level. Um, so on the workouts where it was a good, good mix of like gymnastics and weightlifting conditioning, like a well-rounded workout, that's where I really like felt that I could take off. But then also because I had, uh, so I competed in Olympic weightlifting for 10 yeah. years before I started CrossFit. So like, my Olympic weightlifting snatch and clean and jerk was just, I didn't have to think about it. Right. It was not effortless, but like with the light weights, mm-hmm. if I was, my movement never changed. It didn't matter how tired I was. My body only knew how to lift the weight one way. Right. So like a lot of the other guys, you'd see them, you know, if it's 10 round workout and round seven, eight, nine, you know, their techniques starting to change. They're mm-hmm. using too much shoulders, what, whatever it is. They're becoming more and more inefficient as they're getting fatigued. Right. So it's just insult to injury. Whereas, I felt like my movements stayed the same. Um, and that was intentional. Like I practiced that. Like, yeah. Very rarely would I practice anything fresh. Like I would always like go on the fan bike, go on the rower, get as winded as I could and mm-hmm. then, and then practice something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like I heard I like, and I have no idea if there's any truth to this right. or whatever. I heard this story one time and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, I think it was Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Um, is a Brazilian fighter. Oh yeah. Um, I heard a story that in training, like the reason he was so good, even when he was like bell was wrong. Guy's amazing. Was because he practiced that. Yeah. So he would go to his corner and like somebody would sit there punching him in the head until he was like <laughs> a little bit, a little bit dizzy or concussed, and then he would go into practice. And it's like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like, why are we practicing lifts fresh? Yeah, yeah. Like, never do we lift a weight in competition fresh. Right. You know, we're always the max weight. Max lifts come on day three of the competition. So what do I give a fuck that I clean a jerk 400 right. when I'm fresh? What do you do when you're tired? Yeah. You know? Um, so that's actually how that started. I was like, oh, he's so good even when he's about to lose because he's practiced that. And so I just took that took that to heart. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start just getting as tired as possible before I do most of my shit. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean that does make a lot of sense because obviously you're you're gonna fit you're you're gonna hit the wall and then you gotta move past it. Yeah. Like I think the question I was like really looking at is like what what's your thing? Like when you look at like psychologically when you're like, dude, I'm so stoked for this, 
because you love it. Like, like everybody has their thing, right? Yeah. It's like, dude, I love like, like squats. Yeah. Like, so for instance, like squats are like, I love fucking squat day. It's like my favorite day of the week. Yeah. Fucking my favorite. Yeah. I know for me, it was like, like thrusters were one that I'm like, if we're doing thrusters yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, and it's not a one rep max, these are easier for me right. than they are for anyone else. Yeah. Um, it just replicated what I'd done so much. Like I just move efficiently. Like I know how to move my mm -hmm. body around the bar because that's all I've done for 20 years. Um, and something like, like pistols, one legged yeah. squats. Once yeah. again, just my Olympic weight limit. It's like, I can do one foot, two foot. You right. know, I can just hammer those out. Um, yeah. Thrusters, piss of handstand pushups. Yeah. It's like anytime we'd have a workout where it's like, you know, heavy weights and handstand pushups, like all the other guys that are good at the heavy weights typically weigh 220. So now when they kick upside down, have to move their body weight a little bit more difficult. Right. And then, you know, I'm able to come in. I'm like a lot smaller than these guys and I got nice short arms. So I'm just <laughs> pop them out. <laughs> Smash them. Mm -hmm. What do you think of like, um, did you ever do like yoga or anything like that for flexibility or was it more of like, what was your flexibility routine look like? Um, so, you know, always doing body work. I, near the end of my career, I stopped stretching. Seriously? Much, like static stretching. Um, so I started working a lot with, uh, TB12. What's that? Um, so, uh, Tom Brady's company. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the guy who does Tom Brady's body work did my body work for a couple of years. And like, if you, if you ever wonder how Tom was playing in his forties, it's that man, Alex Guerrero, right? The best body worker in the fucking world. Hands down. Like I had. Before my last games, I couldn't lift a barbell for weeks. Like my back what? was so fucked up, like tremendously fucked up. Couldn't couldn't clean and jerk 135 pounds, and uh, was going in going into Nashville trying to get. They were doing like PRP on me, um, and they're like, "All right, you know, you're six to eight weeks till you're fully recovered." I'm like, "Dude, I compete in five. Like that, that's a no go." Um, and I called Guerrero, and I was like, "Yo, man, I I need your fucking help." And he was like. Sorry, man. I'm in, I'm in Tampa. Like I was like, all right, if I come to Tampa and he's like, I'm, I'm with Tommy every day till three, I was like, all right, I'll see you at three 30 tomorrow. <laughs> and Sam and I went down. So I, I don't think I had lifted any barbells for a couple of weeks at this point. And, uh, he put me on the table for like 90 minutes. Like I fainted a couple of times. Like the pain was, are you serious? He, he was working on my back through my abdomen. Right most excruciating thing. And then like we finish and he was like, grab your shoes. You're going to the gym. You're going to max out your squat. No fucking like, way. I was like, bro, I, I haven't lifted over 135 in you know, a couple, like a month. And he was like, who gives a fuck? He's like, if you hurt it again, I'm here. I'll fix it again. He's like, you're fixed. I was like, okay. And went to the gym, maxed out my back. So I was like, okay, we're good. So what, uh, what was going on? I it mean, was just, it was my, uh, I think it was my QL was just like so jacked up. It felt like it was like, like dislocating a rib. Huh? So it was just like any motion. I felt like I felt, I thought I had a broke, broken rib yeah. for the first couple of weeks. And then when I talked to Alex, he was like, does it hurt when you breathe? I was like, no. He's like, it's not fucking broken. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. Why, why wouldn't it release? Do you have any idea why it wouldn't release? I think just overuse. Just, I mean, that time yeah. of season. Um, and that, that was a season that kept getting pushed out, pushed right, out, pushed right. out. And so typically, you know, like the longest, like intense training cycle I'll do is like eight weeks, you okay. know? like six weeks with a couple taper weeks in there, right. two load weeks. And that season, it was like, I would do the six weeks and then find out, Hey, competitions put, push back mm -hmm. six more. 
all right, six more weeks of training. All right, let's right. push back two more. You know, it just kept getting pushed back. So it was just the load on the body was just so fucking much. Um, that just kind of was like, we're out. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's fascinating to me because like, I, like I deal with like, you know, back, like just back, mm-hmm. just back pain in general. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I've had like plenty of, you know, work done, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I could never, I feel better for like two or three days afterwards. And then it's yeah. like, okay, whatever, you know, move on with my life. Cause it's like, I can't fucking get a massage every day. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, like me, you can't get work done every day. And like, it's not, it's not attainable for people. Yeah. So it's like, how do you main, like my struggle is like, how do you maintain flexibility with like a pain free lifestyle without like, yeah, for, for me, it's, it comes down to just pliability, you know? That, right. So that, that's what I got from Guerrero was he was like, Big on, you know, no static stretching, especially pre-workout. Interesting. He was like, if your muscle's cold, you're just like yanking Yeah, on yeah. It. And if you have a knot, you're just yanking on it. Right. Adding more pressure. Um, right. So he's like, if you have a knot, like that's going, that's going to be the highest pressure point. That's the, where it's all going to concentrate. So that's why like with tennis elbow and stuff, yeah. they'll put just a little band on mm-hmm. and it just, if your pressure points here, it just shifts it down a little bit. Right. Um, so, you know, that was his big thing. So I just did a lot of pliability, um, like rolling out on PVC, lacrosse balls, um, and lengthening, lengthening the ligament as you're massaging it. Right. So like if you're like massaging your quad, you know, you start with your leg extended. So your quad's as short as possible yeah. and then massage it as you bring your heel under. So as you're lengthening it and putting it through its natural range of motion, um, you're, I don't know, taking away that knot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, this is all shit that I've been told. And then yeah. I ran with it. Like I, I was told it, I tried it. I was like, that worked for me. Yeah. I'm going to run with that shit yeah. forever. Um, yeah. So, you know, getting, getting the massages pre-workout, like Tom gets three of those body sessions a day when wow. he was playing before every practice. Holy and I was shit. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's how you can take that. That makes hits. sense. You're so pliable. Yeah. I remember like it was after he, after Alex did the work on me, we went to the gym. I maxed out my squat and he was like, all right, just do, do, go do a, like a workout, like yeah. go do some other stuff. So I did a whole workout and I think I was doing like an email. So every minute on the minute. So like mm-hmm. we could have little discussions through and he kept being like, what you do? Oh, so easy. What you do is so easy. So easy. After a while, I was like, do you mean simple? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I meant simple. He's like, yeah, the bar's not tackling you from the side yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to fold you in half. I was like, right. yes, yeah. yes, it's very simple. And he's like, yeah, dude, the bar's not swinging back. I'm like, right. That's a good, good point. <laughs> yeah, that that that's so interesting to me because I, I'm, you know, as I, how old are you, 40? No, I'm 33. 33, geez, yeah. 40. Like, I, thought, I thought you said earlier, you're like, oh, I'm 40. But no, you, you as you get to be 40, mm-hmm. he yeah. was, that's what O'Keefe was saying. So like, you know, I'm 46, right. And I'm constantly trying to figure out ways where I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't need to like do this much weight. I don't yeah. need to do like, I just need to do this, this, and this. And yeah. it's like flexibility and endurance and all these things are like really fucking matter. Yeah. But dude, I battle tendonitis. Yeah. Like tendonitis like racks everything in my body it feels so like. one one thing i just got introduced to uh is bfr so blood flow blood flow restriction um so like i had my acl done a couple months ago yeah that's what um, i was going to get into and one of the the main piece of rehab is this fucking cuff that you put around your leg and it pumps full of air and cuts off the circulation why or uh so it doesn't cut off all circulation at at the pressures I was using to work out with, 
it allows blood to flow in, but not out. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when your legs, yeah. when you just do like an assault bike sprint or something, yeah. you, you just feel your quads getting puffy. Yeah, yeah. You put these on and you feel that puffiness with like a 45 pound bar doing okay. squats. Um, and so like for, for rehab purposes, it's great because I'm able to get the same stimulus of lifting heavy weights right. or as close to the same stimulus as lifting heavy weights without that external load on my body. So I'm able to train my knee to, you know, get stronger without all of that extra weight on my back that I can't support yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, incredible for pain relief, incredible for tendonitis. Like there's a couple of rugby players that like crippling knee pain. Yeah. They'd wear the BFR for 10 minutes before a match and they would go, they could play the whole match pain free. Huh. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been playing with them for the last couple of months. After, especially after I'm done my rehab and yeah. just back to working out half normally now. Um, yeah, they're fucking brutal. Like I did, I did 10 minutes on the C2 bike and this is one of my first workouts back mm-hmm. and I held 280, 280 Watts for 10 minutes. And then I put on the BFR and I held 88 Watts for 10 minutes. Like, and I was Dow. trying as huge, drastic. Yeah. They, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, that's super mm-hmm. fucking good info. Cause like, cause like, man, I'm, I'm looking for any advantage. Like, obviously I'm looking for any advantage I can. And I'm thinking about from, from your perspective, Yeah, you've trained at such a high level. So now you, we can like downsize that yeah, and, so, and I mean, serve like, it up to like normal people. Like, how do you serve that shit up to normal people? I like, mean, it's a lot more emphasis on the warm up uh, yeah. and activations where it's like before it's like I was training every day. I was never not activated, you know, like yeah. every muscle's firing all the time. And now it's like, all right, I look at a workout. I'm like, all right, what are the main body parts I'm using? All right. What's a nice slow warm up that I can do to just get those body parts activated. Mm-hmm. So, so something simple as like making sure my lats are turned like firing correctly so that if I'm doing a lift, I'm not, you know, overcompensating with my traps or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just using the right muscles, but yeah, warm up, cool down. Um, that's a big one for me now is cool downs. It used to be I would finish my workout and then fuck off. Yeah, like why, now, why do you even cool down? I, I don't even know why the fuck. I don't know. My body feels better after. Seriously? I, I wish I knew yeah. the science behind it. Um, well, I mean, but you do it, so you obviously just feel better because. Yeah. I mean, it just uh, like brings you down more gradually. Yeah. The big, so the big thing, one, one of the big things, and the reason I said like I'm lucky I got out without getting uh, diabetes was I started using one of those uh, yeah. glucose monitors. Got one right now. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, wore one of those for a couple months and then just like started seeing like, because during a workout, your blood sugar will spike. Yeah. And then after when you sit stagnant, you fucking crash yeah. and everything. God, I'm probably going to fuck this up. I'm going to get ridiculed for it. But it doesn't yeah, matter. what is it? Your glucose goes in and takes out, or no, no insulin goes in and yeah. takes out the glucose. And if it doesn't have somewhere to burn it immediately, it gets stored as fat. Right. Um, and so just something as simple as like, you know, after a big meal or after a really intense workout, just go for a nice, easy walk, oh, get back right. on the bike, yeah, just keep yeah, your yeah. legs moving, right? But bring it down. So you don't have that crash after and get super tired. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you actually, you're kind of like burning off the mm-hmm. excess energy in a cool down as yeah. well. Right. So you're yeah, not so getting got, a huge track. Yeah. I got one of those. I learned more about like my body and nutrition and how my body responded to certain foods. I learned more in four Same. weeks of wearing mm-hmm. that than I did through my whole career. Same. I'm like, I fucking wish this existed I, 10 years ago. Dude, <laughs> I started I started wearing it like, I don't know, six months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll like wear it for two or three weeks or a month or yeah. whatever. And then I'll like 
not wear yeah, it, put and it I'll down, bring it back, pick it back I'll, up. I'll, yeah. because there, there'll be something I want to learn, right? Where yeah. I'm like, okay, well, like the biggest thing was like alcohol. Yeah. I basically stopped drinking right? really? because yeah. yeah, because like, dude, I'll see, it you doesn't matter. Yeah. I saw bad. how much it was affecting me. And then I also look at my sleep and my sleep patterns yeah. in the evenings after alcohol. So if I had like two beers yeah. and then I went to bed, I would have these like fucking weird spikes. <laughs> and by the way, I could wake me up. Yeah. So then I'm like, I'm wondering why I'm tossing and turning. Well, it's yep. the same thing happens with any like you you load in a ton of carbohydrates or sugar, depending on whether it's wine or beer or yep. whatever it is, you'd have these really weird spikes and drops yeah. in my sleep. So, you know, like last night, um, what, like kids were eating like popcorn yeah. or whatever and pizza. And I'm like, okay, cool. I know like I'm good for a couple slices, but I'm not going to just like take a giant trash can full of fucking popcorn and throw it in my fucking yeah. body because I also know why my sleep is so fucked yeah. up. <laughs> so I've learned so much about this as well. I, I, I fucking what, what, highly recommend yeah, it. What, what company is yours? Uh, it's the NutriSense okay. and then the other one that I had. So I've, I've, I've always worn two of them okay. for a long time because I wanted to see if there was differences yeah. in the data because I didn't believe it. It was like, you're yeah. pre-diabetic. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. I just wasn't programming the information incorrectly. So mm -hmm. I like programmed the wrong or, or like meals for yeah. instance, right? So you program the meals and then it obviously sees how it reacts yeah. and you get your feedback. So I, I, I use both, uh, yeah. what is it? Dexton and this one is NutriSense. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I used one. So it's, I think it's the same, uh, CGM, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's called levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it basically level, it just gives you like a super friendly user interface yeah. and it's like, the end of the, like, take a picture of what you eat, your mm -hmm. workout, whatever it is, puts it on the graph and you can see where the spikes are. And then you can click on the icon and be like, all right, why did my blood sugar just go through the roof? Right. Oh, okay. That, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, now it is a common occurrence that after dinner we go for a walk. Yeah. You know, like after the biggest meal of the day, you know, we got like an 800 meter driveway and it's just like, right. we'll just walk to the end, walk back. Right. And it's like, when I'm wearing that CGM, like blood sugar just stays level right across. And then like, I would eat the exact same meal, sit mm -hmm. down and watch an episode of Netflix and it's like right yeah. through the roof. I'm like, fuck. Isn't <laughs> it weird? Like I, I've learned more about this. Like, yeah. Like to your point, human body's fucking fascinating. It's fucking fascinating. Like I've, I've been trying to figure out ways where, cause like what, what it did is it changed my entire pattern around eating too. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like changed a lot of, the things that I thought were like very nutritional or, um, you know, I'd put some berries and some strawberries yep. and put shit on a salad or whatever. I don't do that anymore. Yep. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't want the sugar or I'll preload like fat mm -hmm. and protein before yeah. the sugar, which it, it absolutely stabilizes my blood sugar. A hundred percent. Isn't it fucking insane? It's fucking crazy it's because- It's so annoying. Cause I'm which like- Which is timing in the way that you're I eating. Fucking yeah. eat what I want to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. I work out. Why, yeah. why can't I just eat what I want to eat? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like it's a, that, that was what I think is like 10,000 calories is you're, you're pulling in 10,000 calories and you're also eating like Snickers bars yeah. and shit. Like so, your glucose must've been all over the fucking so place. It was, it was a little bit after I retired. Um, we had moved back to Vermont and I, I was gone for the day or most of the day for something. And I came back in the evening and our kitchen Island is like eight or 10 feet long. Yeah. And I came back and there was like, Oh, six, seven plates of food and like a bunch of like food in between the plates. Um, and it's like, there's scrambled eggs on one end and a fucking steak on the other and yeah. chicken tender. And I was like, 
Sammy, what, what are you doing? Like, are you cooking for people? Like, who are we entertaining tonight? <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm making a YouTube video of everything you used to eat in a day. And then, and then it like registered. I'm like, oh, that's my breakfast, second breakfast, first lunch, second lunch, first dinner, like in all my snacks in between. And I was, I had never seen it all like cooked, prepared right. and presented at once. And I was just like, just like, oh my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> like I used to eat all, I'm like, that could feed me for a week now. Like that's disgusting how much food that was. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> so when you look at it today, when you're like, how much are you working out now? What's your workouts? What, what do they look like? And I know you're going through recovery, so yeah, like so, not, not necessarily. Yeah, so I mean, right now it's, it's a little bit skewed. Um, yeah, so what was it? In February, I tore my ACL, yeah, how'd MCL, you do that? LCL, and meniscus. How'd you do that? Uh, to, to say I was doing jujitsu is a disservice <laughs> to jujitsu. <laughs> I was in my third fucking lesson. Okay. Um, so I had been signed up for, to a gym for months, and just like schedule just did not. I got to the gym twice. Once I didn't realize was Thanksgiving. So I pulled and the gym is closed. Of course. And then the next time I go, it was Christmas Eve. And I pulled in, gym was closed. And I was like, fuck. So anyways, I contacted a buddy who I know is like incredible. And I was like, hey man, can, can we do like a one Sundays, a private lesson? Like my schedule just does not allow, doesn't line up with the gym. And he was like, absolutely. So it was our third lesson. And two minutes into practice, we were warming up. And, uh, and I just, I went to like, Went to toss him, shot my foot in between his. And we think it was a combination of my heel got stuck on his leg. So then when okay. I when I yeah. rotated, I just like twisted my twisted my knee off. And then I think there was a bit, I think it contributed. Like when I went to throw him, he dropped his hips. Uh -huh. So like he shot his hips back and down. And my leg was sideways in between his. So he like sat down on the outside of my knee. Right. Um, and just like pop, 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 like three, three very clear and distinct tears um went down and just like so i went down he thought i was still going so he like oh shit jumped on me called it off and i remember I like i i stood up moved both legs did a couple air squats and i was like okay like there's no pain he's like oh thank god thank god you're not hurt and i was like oh no it's a skin tube like there's nothing connecting <laughs> i was like i was like, <laughs> I was like every Everything's torn, uh, but I feel fine. And I was like, I'm just what gonna, the fuck? I was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go to the hospital. And he was like, hang around for ten minutes. Let's make sure you don't yeah, yeah. go into shock. And yeah, I went and like went to a PT friend's house that night. And she's checking my knee, and she's like, I think you tore your ACL. And I'm like, Oh, I fucking clearly. Like, what else did I tear? Um, so yeah, my my workouts since then have been incredibly modified. But typically, like. If I'm in the gym now, 90 minutes, mm -hmm. two hours max, like two hours with socializing. Right. Um, but just conditioning, a little bit of weightlifting, just trying not to look, just trying not to get fat. Yeah, that's like, fair. I just, if anyone talks shit, I just want to be in good enough shape that I can hold my own. Right. That's right. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah because you, you've cut weight. Like, I mean, you don't look like you have as much mass as you did yeah, two I'm probably, years ago. Yeah, I'm probably down like 20 pounds. Okay. Um, most of it is just, in my legs at this point. Got it. Um, yeah, you know, I think at my peak when I was competing was up at 205. Right. Um, I would try to compete 
high 190s, uh, but I'm like mid 180s right now, like 185 or so. Yeah. Um, but like I'm just getting back into squatting. So like I squatted body weight yesterday for the first time. It felt good. And so ho- hopefully I get some of that weight back, but who the fuck knows? Yeah. Are you going to start doing like, um, like totally different sports now? Like, are you going to turn yourself into like a, an ultra runner or like a no, fucking. Like, no, like the, the thing that I'm loving right now is that like I'm refining the love for the sport. Right. Um, you know, I love weightlifting. I love time in the gym. I mm-hmm. love that, that feeling of pain of like, how far can I push? How much can I hurt and still right. recover from it? Um, but for so long, the association wasn't, I want to do this. It was, I have to do this. Right. And so it doesn't matter how much you love it when you're putting that, that type of pressure and that, that association on it, it gets old after a while. Um, so like when I first retired from, from CrossFit, like my workouts were just bodybuilding. I was like, I don't want to breathe heavy. Mm. I don't want to hurt. Like, right, right. I did that and I did it so fucking good for a long time that I don't want to do it for a while. Mm. Um, and then it wasn't until, you know, so I'm still going in the gym, getting my workouts in, but it wasn't until I blew out my knee and then I couldn't squat. I'm not allowed to right, squat. Right. I can't run. I yeah. can't row. I can't bike. All these things <clears throat> that I didn't think I wanted to do, but it was because it was still an option. Um, and then as soon as that option was taken away and I had to sit on the couch for a while, I was like, fuck, I don't, my legs are shrinking. I don't like how my body's changing. I like, and then you have a new appreciation for everything you did. So for me, it was almost a good reset of like, I had to step away. I had to become half of what I used to be so I can start rebuilding. But now it's like, I'm not even close to my old numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's no comparison going right, on. Right, right. It's not like, oh, when I was on the roar, I used to pull 130s and now right. I'm pulling a 132. It's like, no, I'm fucking sitting at 140, 145, having a good time. So now it's just training for health, fitness, and happiness mm-hmm. and not because I have to. Like, right. That shit was, that was tough. But yeah, plus you got... <sighs> I mean, you're new, you're a new dad. Yeah. So it's like now you have to like plug in and be present and be active like, yeah. with your kids. I mean, the, the big thing with that too, and like the change that I went through, I'm sure it's the change that mm-hmm. every father goes through with their first kid, you know? So I think, yeah, my daughter was born on the 27th last month. So, you know, I'm still brand new into it, but I think it was yesterday was the first day that, you know, Sammy, Eddie, and I all went down to the gym together. Eddie's in her carrier. Mm-hmm. Sammy's doing the workout that she can do after giving giving birth, and, and I'm getting a workout in. And it was just, I was like, oh, this is very important. You know, for me, I want, I want this to be a family thing. Yeah, yeah. I want my daughter yeah. to grow up seeing her parents take care of themselves, work hard, all this stuff. Yeah. So now... It's like, well, yeah, I still enjoy it. I still feel good. I know I'm going to feel better when I'm done the workout. But now that motivation to just get going is even a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Because now, beautiful thing is I don't have to work out. Yeah. You know, before it was like, no, it, my livelihood, my career, everything depended on it. Now it's like I want to work out, but I don't have to. So it's super easy that if I have work that I need to do that day or other mm-hmm. things that need to get done – stuff for myself gets put on the back burner. I'm like, no, I'll just work out tomorrow. Well, now I'm like, oh, I want to be a good example for you. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one telling people, no, take 30 minutes every day. Do your workout. Like, yeah. It adds up. And uh, so now I'm, I'm that person that I've been preaching to. And it's like, okay, good. I have another reason. Like other than 
you know, winning or a good livelihood or supplying a life. It's like, no, I want to be a good example. Do you, do you guys have like a, you know, like a, a gym that you guys go to outside of your home gym? Do you guys have like a, yeah. So we just opened up, um, our own facility. What was it? Um, uh, no, this April. Yeah. So okay, where's it at? A year ago. Uh, it's in Vermont. Yeah. So like two miles from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, I think it's 11,000 square feet. 6,500 is gym space, uh, and then the rest is office space and conference room, podcast studio, all that stuff. What do they call it? What do you call it? HWPO or is it? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah just HWPO training. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we always just call it HQ. But, okay. you know, like the gym that I have at my house is, for a home gym, it's pretty extravagant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just so nice for Sam and I. Like, we want family time. We yeah, can stay yeah. right there. It's, it's kind of the same as you. If I go into the office, I know I'm going to, end up working, like yeah. I'm going to come in there, see a problem that needs to be addressed. And I'm going to do the things I need to do before I do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I just how I'm wired. And I know if I do that then working out, it's not going to happen today. Right. So it's like, we can just do that at the house. And then mm-hmm. Sammy's not alone with Eddie. She can bring Eddie down to the gym with her now. And so, you know, it, it just feels special. It's like, Oh, like this is my first time having a family uh, yeah, of yeah, my yeah. own. And, uh, so yeah, you know, a lot changed and it's like, okay. I want to be a good example for this kid. I want to show her what hard work looks like. I want right. to show her what dedication looks like, consistency, all that shit. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, HWPO? Like, what, like what's the mission? What's the, what, the like, mission is just to get as many people working out as possible. Right. Um, yeah. So we have, um, our own app that we launched, uh, God, the last couple of years have been a blur. Um, yeah, la- <laughs> launched a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, a little over a year ago. Um, it started in CrossFit. So, you know, we have like what I think is the best CrossFit training program. Then we have the version that's chopped down for a 60 minute version, the professional versions for people that are pursuing it as a career, mm-hmm. body weight versions. Uh, we've got a golf track now. Um, we What's work, that? With, work with, uh, Scott Stallings. Who's that? So he's on the pro golfer. Yeah. So okay. he's on the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. I think he's been on for, oh, I'm sorry, Scott. I think, I think he's been playing for 14 years on the tour. Um, and I think he, he was kind of like lack of better term coming up to the tail end of his career. Yeah. Like it was just the performance was <clears throat> dropping a bit. And then he went this through this like body transformation where he lost a pile of weight and then got a second win in his career. And, you know, he started getting called, you know, the fittest guy, yeah, the yeah. fittest golfer on tour, all this mm-hmm. stuff and loves CrossFit. And he just modified his CrossFit workouts for a lot more rotational work. Right. Um, to compliment golfing. Oh, that's cool. And so we've been friends with them for years yeah, and then, yeah. you know, the opportunity presented itself, uh, and O'Keefe, um, our CEO just loves golf. He's looking for any excuse to, any, to, yeah, yeah. to work more in the golf world. So did that. We work with, uh, Amy and I Everett for Olympic mm-hmm. weightlifting. We got a strong man, uh, Rob Kearney. Yeah. That's, so it's like, we're just trying to be whatever your interest is mm-hmm. in fitness. We just want people working out and we want to provide, the most information to them. So like when, when I launched, when I launched the programming, I was like, I know I can take a workout and you can take a workout. And if we take it, how it's written on paper, we can both complete it, check the box, like, Hey, workout's done Mm -hmm. and get two completely different results. You know, like if I'm doing a 40 minute EMOM and I'm trying to make my 15 calories last the whole minute or get the calories done in 30 seconds, it's two completely different workouts. Right. So when I knew that, all right, we're launching, 
you know, a training platform, releasing workouts. I was like, I know the biggest difference, the biggest contributor is going to be the information provided. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that, that's what I'm going to do. And so every day of training in there, I think, I think I just recorded like day 800 or 900 or something. There's like a 10 to 15 minute video in there of me sitting in front of a camera going like, all right, guys, here's your day of training. Right. Here's things to think about here. Here's how I want you to approach this. Here's how to set up for this. Like just trying to over provide the information for, and I'm sure half the people never watch the videos because they're like, nope, I get it. I know yeah, what the workout yeah. is. And the other half that are beginners find it helpful. Does it, does it plug into technology, like like wearable technology, like this Garmin? Or uh, like- so so we're actually working on that right now. Oh, we cool. actually just yeah, started yeah. talking talking to some companies. We, we've looked at it in the past. Um, and then there was just like one little hiccup. And then I, I think we found found a, a really reputable brand that, that is going to pair up well. So that's, that's to come. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, we're, t- we're talking to Garmin. So that's cool. I'm, I'm excited for that of like, if you can have it all integrated into one place, yeah. like, Oh, it's fucking powerful. Well, that that's, that's kind of like the, for me, the, the one thing I've been trying to figure out is like, like I, I want a centralized dashboard, right. For mm-hmm. all the shit. Yeah. Like it's like, I, I want it all like in one location, like yep. a CEO dashboard for like my health. Right. Where it's like, Hey man, like here's my, you know, my glucose monitors, here's my workouts, here's yep. my blood work. Here's yeah, how it's changing. Like, yeah, yeah. Or... It's like, and then every day it's like, you can get in there and be like, well, I'm going to like change this or I'm yeah. gonna do this or whatever. And by the way, I, I don't, I'm sure it exists. I just haven't found it anywhere because I've like pitched this to like Aubrey Marcus yeah. and some of these other fucking dudes. I'm like, Hey man, create a fucking health dashboard. Yeah. Whereas like you plug in a doctor that's, and a PT and a psychologist and all this shit and be like, that, that's what we're trying to dude, do. Dude. Like <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the like unlock slow, slowly, but right? surely trying to get there. Yeah. You know, it's uh yeah, just brick by brick. Yeah. It's, and I, I mean like, there's two different sides of the business too. Like I'm sure you've dealt with it with like the tech side. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to fucking program an app. Right. And it's like, you know, like, Hey, we're launching an app. And I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah. How's that getting done? You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah. Hey man. Let yeah. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you do? Like, uh, recreationally when you think about it, like, like outside of, you know, blowing your knee out in, uh, in jujitsu, like, yeah, what you do know, you like, do? Like, what you are know, your the, hobbies? Yeah. The knee was, uh, a consequence of that exploration of trying to find yeah. the next thing. Cause for years I'd had blinders up, yeah. and, you know, and the, like the 10 years before I started CrossFit, I did the exact same thing with Olympic weightlifting, right. you know, like all through high school. I was competing at nationals right. the day I graduated high school. I moved out to the Olympic training center. So, you know, my list of hobbies was pretty fucking short. Um, yeah. you know, for a long time, it was just Mondays were my gun range day. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's, that was my highlight of the week. Um, but now, you know, trying to explore more and more, um, you know, obviously motorcycle riding, uh, I just built, or I, I just bought a motorcycle a couple of weeks ago to do of like a full engine rebuild on. So I'm taking, uh, so I bought, just bought, uh, like an old eight, eight, three and I'm doing, uh, so I don't, I don't know what that is. It's, uh, it's a Harley, is Harley, Harley eight, eight, three. It's yeah, the yeah. cheapest fucking Harley. It's the entry level. Like a bike. Sportster yep. or something. Yeah, yeah. Harley Sportster. And I literally just wanted to turn wrenches. Right. I was like, like, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I know how to rebuild an engine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, but fuck it. Who cares? I'm going to, I'll have fun failing if yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm doing a kit. So it takes it from an eight, eight, three, takes it up to a 1275 and it like over doubles the horsepower. So mm-hmm. that should be fun. Uh, I'm in pilot school right now. Are you really? Yeah. So just trying to find 
Ah, that's cool. Different shit to study, you know, because if I'm not learning, if I'm not working towards something, I feel like a fucking loser. Right. Like if I just show up and do what I did yesterday, the exact same as I did it yesterday and I'm not, and I don't feel like I'm progressing anywhere, man, I fucking hate that. Yeah. And so now it's just like, okay, I just want to make sure I have enough hobbies lined up that I'm never bored. And I always yeah. have something to work towards. What do you, what do you want to fly when you think about the planes that you, that attract so, I mean, like you? I'm, I'm so early into this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, know you've, I know you've been scrolling yeah, like, through planes though. You're oh, like super cubs or something's oh, got to be like. <laughs> no, I, I got my eye on, uh, was it the Circa SR22? Yeah. Uh, so just a little four seater, yeah. uh, single prop. But, you know, it's got a good range on it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, this is years down the road. But, you know, just the idea of having that freedom. You know, we live four minutes from the airport. Right. And That's was, and, awesome. And we actually had, so so I did the Discovery flight probably two, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, this is it. I'm doing yeah. this. And then it was a like a week or two later, I started coaching uh, an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- those plans of getting my pilot's license went right out the window. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just, just started again, um, you know, a couple of years later, but it was, we had some friends come into town uh, from Nashville and they flew themselves. That was their first solo flight, husband yeah, and wife. Cool. And so we did the podcast and then when we, Sam and I took him back to the airport and just like, you walk through the lobby right out to the strip, they yeah. started their plane, they take off. And as we're leaving, Sammy was like, yo, that shit's my, nice. My buddy John uh, Casmus, he's coming out to go hunting with us. Yep. That's why you're out here, by the way, is to go elk hunting. <laughs> and uh, he's flying his, he flies a, a Pilatus PC 12 around. Yeah. And it's like an eight seater. It's big. Yeah. You know, but he can get up above the weather. He can fly. Yep. And he's been flying it like for, I don't know, a decade. He's getting his like helicopter pilot's license. And by the way, like, and it sounds like unattainium, right? It's like, oh my gosh, these guys are talking about flying. I'm like, what? dude, a lot of these planes are really inexpensive. There's like mm-hmm. shares, like you can buy one eighth, you can buy in on one. So when, like when, when I went, uh, when I went for my discovery flight, you know, I'm asking the guy all these questions, yeah. you know, like in my mind, I'm like, if I'm getting my pilot's license, I'm getting a plane. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to do one, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'm asking the guy, I'm like, you know, do you have a plane? You know, if you do what one, I'm asking all the questions. And he was like, nah, I was like, why? Like, why would you not? You fly all the time. He was like, because that plane right there is $120 an hour to rent. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't pay the storage fees for that cheap. Um, so, so yeah, you can just rent them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most expensive one there was like 180 bucks an hour. Um, but yeah, it was after the games this year. So Sammy was pregnant and she was due like a couple days after the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, dude, if this baby comes a week early, I'm going to be stuck in Madison. And so I had to actually rent a buddy's plane from Utah and it was like a 14 seater. That's <laughs> what he had. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't know any other friends with planes. Right. I'm like, dude, can I use yours? Yeah, yeah. And so it just sat, it just sat on the tarmac for the six days of competition in case I got the call and had to come. Got it. And that was another thing after that. I'm like, I could just fly myself. Right. Like, yeah, it'll take some time. It'll take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But like, it's no different than anything else I've done of like, you know, you hear like, yeah, I'm a pilot. And you're like, holy shit, that is so unobtainable. Yeah. But it's like, I think you and I both have done enough examples for ourselves over the years of like this wildly unobtainable task. And then like, no, just bit by bit, just keep working every day. 
But chip away, right? Yeah, chip I, away. I, everyone, everyone, what is it? They overassume what they can do in a day and under underestimate what they can do in a year. I love that scene. Like it, it's like the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, yeah. right? And it's like, uh, you know, I started pilot's license like I don't know, fifteen years ago. Yeah. But deployments and yeah. doing like, but I was like, flying around like a little super cub, and I yeah. bought like. Uh, it's just like anything. I'll, I'll I'll tell you like 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 a, a super funny story, and I'll come back to this pilot's license. So it's like my neighborhood and I, all the guys in my neighborhood, which by the way, they might be listening to this podcast. Like, <laughs> so I I brought my ping pong table home from the office just so we could play in my yeah. my garage, and like it's so much fun. Where I'm like, fuck, this is great. So then. I roll, I pulled my truck out of the garage. Now I've got a ping pong table yeah. in there and everybody's coming over to play ping pong. Well, then I'm like on Amazon buying these, like these, like uh, ping pong uh, robots. So you can <laughs> mount it on the other side. And I'm like on YouTube looking at fucking how to serve <laughs> this and do that. And like, and I can't just do something. No. I can't just do the thing. Like it's a, it's no, a fucking you, problem. No, you have to it's, be like, the best. It's, it's a psychotic yeah. issue. It's no, like I'm, so frustrating to be myself sometimes i'm i'm the same way and so that i that's what i'm trying to work on now of like just having hobbies to be hobbies yeah yeah um you know like a perfect example was uh, a couple of weeks ago uh o'keefe and i got presented with the opportunity to bike the tour de france oh that's so cool. like yeah, yeah. 21 days yeah. 2300 miles right you're doing every leg as is um and you know i, I go to sam and i'm like Hey, this is a pretty yeah. wild opportunity, like once in a lifetime type right. thing. Um, and and her, like she just like dead face. She would, and I'm like, why are you not? <laughs> this is a really cool opportunity. And she was her the first thing out of her mouth is that she was like, "Are you training to win? Or are you training right. to do it?" Right. And I was, and she was like, "I know how you do everything." She was like, "You don't fucking participate." And I was like, "You're 100 percent right." And I was like, "I will try to participate." But that's how that's how I am with my hobbies now. I'm like I'm like trying to keep it like all right, you know the flight like the online the ground mm -hmm. school. It's like yeah. all right, I'll do an hour in the morning, and then when I'm done, the rest of the day I'm like, dude, I want to get back in front of that laptop. I want right, right. to take more notes. I yeah, want to learn yeah. more. Like I'm doing, I want to do it more. Yeah. And I was like, nope, you did your hour, go chill. Like review your notes tonight, but take it bit by bit. Same thing with the motorcycle. It's like. I don't even know if this thing will ever get put back together and run. Who the fuck knows? Who cares? I've, I've never done it before. Yeah. So but I'm like, fuck it. I'm never going to know if I don't try. And it's like, worst case scenario, I'm out a couple grand, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, but even if, I, but I had some good times tinkering on it in the garage, you know? So, you know, that that's what I'm trying to retrain myself of like, you don't have, not everything has to have that like, I don't know, that final polish or like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough to explain. I'm like, I don't like doing things just for the sake of doing them. No. Like, what's the point of doing it if you're not going to do it to the best of your abilities? But at the same time, like, this isn't a priority. This is my entertainment. This isn't provide. This isn't putting food on the table. This no. isn't you know strengthening my relationship with Sammy. <clears throat> it's like, nope. This is my own entertainment, and that's it. It's hard. Like, like one of the things I've had a hard time, and obviously, like, like as you get older. Uh, you know, you might encounter too. It's like, it's, it's really, really difficult to not be competitive at everything because like, I love competition. Like it's, yeah. it, it's like one of the things, like I know people that are competitive and they absolutely fucking hate to lose. Like they yeah. fucking hate it and that, but it makes them miserable. Like they, they can't compete and have fun. Whereas like 
I compete and have fun. Now I hate to lose, but I would much rather be able to compete and lose than not be able to compete because I yeah. love competition. Like it doesn't fucking matter what it is. Like, Oh, Hey, let's turn this thing. Yeah. Like we, we were doing something uh, a couple months ago and the guys, had, we got a pickleball court in the back of the, the office. Mm-hmm. And it was like all the, like all the younger dudes in the company yeah. are out there, and I'm like, fucking, I'm gonna fucking demolish them, right? It's like, I'm gonna fucking, I am going to stuff them like a Thanksgiving turkey on this. Like I will, I will be in a wheelchair yeah. before I lose to these guys. You know what I mean? And uh, so, how bad you lose? You know, not bad, honestly, because I play a lot of ping pong, <laughs> so it directly translates. But yeah. I can't, I can't. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a pedestrian in in like hobbies. I can't yeah. do them as just a pedestrian. I have to do them, then I have to compete. Yeah. And if I compete and I compete with other people that are good, then I have a fucking problem. Like I, I went out and like um, I was I was shooting in my buddy's range. He's yeah. got this private range in in uh, like an hour and a half south of here, and um, like and they're they're nationally ranked three gun guys. Mm-hmm. Like all these guys are like nationally ranked three yeah. gun guys. And it was like fucking grinding me into moon dust that oh. they were beating me. Just like really, really, it, it really bugged you that yeah. some of the guys are the best in the world. Yeah. Were yeah, yeah. It yeah. really yeah, hurts. Totally, totally. It really, I really it. hurts. I get it. <laughs> it sucks. And I'm like, so then I'm like, I can, I'm at home and I'm like, all right, well, what do I need to do? Like increase my hand speed yeah. and like do all this. Yeah. You're looking up like hand dexterity yeah, 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 and yeah, like yeah. hand eye coordination <laughs> drills. You're getting the ball that has the lobes on yeah, the yeah. side. Of- <laughs> there you are at 40. It's a problem. You're like, dude, Fucking pickleball. This is what matters. Pickleball. It doesn't matter. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I've got to like do this this way. And now like, as I get, it's not as bad as it was. Yeah. Like I can tell you right now, it's like my 30 year old self is not the same as my 46 year old self. It's just not. Cause at 30 year old self, I would pretend, I would pretend like I wasn't competitive. Yeah. Oh, no, like, so like, like the old humble, like, no, I don't know. I've never done something like this before. Yeah. You know, the old, like, and then you dupe these oh, fucking. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be good and everyone know you're good. It's another feeling to be the best and nobody knows your fucking name. <laughs> you just show up, eat their lunch and leave. Like that, that th- those are my favorite. Those are my favorite days. Like in the beginning when no one knew who the fuck nobody I was. Nobody knew. And you just show up and like everyone else is in all the nice gear and all yeah, decked yeah, out. Yeah. You're just like. Yeah, nice short dude. <laughs> Source of pride where you yeah. have nothing and you're just like crushing their yeah. souls. Yeah, but then, yeah, then then the what is it? Expectations come in and you start putting the pressure on yourself, and it's like fuck. Does everybody know? Like 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 when you're when you're just cruising around getting groceries and shit. Does everybody know who you are now? For the most part, um, like it seems like no, it, like, I, I it's so big. It just I seems like think so. Um. I get a lot where like, I think people know who I am just because like they saw one of the movies on Amazon or Netflix or wherever they were. Um, No, I mean, it's, it's pretty chill now. I mean, one, like I dress completely differently Two, I have hair now. Um, So it's kind of actually surprising, like how many people just don't recognize me because of the hair. Um, Just because I had shaved head for so many years. But I mean, when when I'm at home though, I'm at home. Yeah, yeah, I, Yeah, I go from my house to the office and home. Yeah, how big? How big is it? Are you? Where are you guys at? uh, We're we're in Vermont, so we're in Williston. Where? Yeah, but how big is that? Oh, not big. No, no, no. It's Vermont. Yeah, yeah. How far away from Burlington are you? Ten minutes. Oh, okay. So you're right there. Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, the seventeen towns Mm -hmm. around Burlington would probably be one town. Got any other any other place? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's, it's home for me. It's right. just, is that, are your parents place. there too? No, I moved back. They, they left. Seriously? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, like my mom, my mom retired my, during my last season and then they moved, they, they have a lake house up in Ontario and then they'll do six months in their RV. Right. Just bounce around the States, just living the retired life. Did they hit all your competitions and stuff? Did they like, oh, watch every, every this? Everything. One. Every single yeah, one. Yeah. 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 It was. Cause they were, they were Olympians. Is yeah, that right? so they they competed um, in the '76 Olympics in uh, Innsbruck, Austria. They were Paris freestyle figure skaters for Canada. Holy shit! Um, yeah, so they did that, and then when they turned pro, I think they they went they turned pro went on went on tour. I think they won the world championships four times. Oh my god! And then uh, when that was all done, you know, they started having kids. Mom became a doctor, stay at home dad, and their life took a 180. What kind of doctor? Uh, she was a family physician. Okay. Yeah. So retired now. Yeah. Live, living their lives, but you know. How many siblings you got? Or how many? I have one older brother. What's he do? Uh, he's a tattoo artist. Really? In uh, Louisville. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, was, so, did he catch the competition bug? Was he like a f- freak competitive guy too? Or no? No. No. We we could not have been more different growing up. Oh. Um, you know, I was in I was into sports. He was into art and music. Right. Um. You know, I was, I'd probably get classified more as a jock. He was, you know, in the drama crew. Mm. Um, you know, I loved booze and he was straight edge. Huh. Um, we just had nothing in common. Wow. And uh, it, it, ha- it actually wasn't until recently that we actually like started hanging out and like realized, oh shit, we have a lot in common. Right. But like just as kids, not totally different interests. Uh, so it was really cool this year at the games. Uh, we brought him, brought him out, put him in the HWPO booth and he was doing tattoos. Oh, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, Do you so, have a tattoo from him? Uh, yeah. So yeah, the one on this arm uh-huh. and then my left leg okay. uh, is done by him. But, uh, yeah, he was in the booth once again, fucking bananas. Um, we did a raffle where it's, if you got, I think we had five tattoos or six tattoos you could pick from. Mm-hmm. And if you got, if you got it, you got a lifetime membership to, to the app. And then you got entered into a drawing for like a home gym. And it's like a fifteen thousand yeah, dollars, yeah. like it's sick prize. <clears throat> um, I was like, dude, we're gonna have like a dozen people show up, dude, line out the door. Hundred Jesse d- ended up doing one hundred forty tattoos. Holy shit! He had people standing outside the booth for hours, just waiting like for a no show so they could get a tattoo. It's fucking insane. Holy shit! Yeah. I was like, oh shit, this thing grew into something kind of wild. Nice. But one, once again, it was kind of cool. Like, my I got to collide work worlds with my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it was really cool. Like when I was competing, he came out to the games a couple times. After his first time out uh, in in California, he told me after he was like, he was like, I'm the fattest person here. <laughs> he was like, I think he was like 220 or 240, like not not big. Yeah. Um, but he was like, I'm the fattest guy in the stadium. And then he went home and lost 60 pounds. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Holy so, shit. You know, we're wired very the same. Yeah, like, yeah. As soon as he's like, nope, I made the decision. I want to lose 60 pounds and just start a CrossFit. And he started doing it. Yeah. Yeah. He started doing it. And like, I, I've gotten him equipment for his gym now. Like he has two daughters. So like getting to the gym isn't as easy. So right, right. he's got a squat rack and rower at home and yeah, he's getting it in. Yeah, so do you guys, are you guys like similar height? Yeah. He's a like, little bit taller. A little, little bit. Yeah. A little bit like definitely bone structure and like our statures are the same. Um, I've just been working out for 
So I wonder if like when he shows up at the CrossFit gym, do they, they, do they just expect him to just crush their souls or something because he's your brother? Oh, they, they had no idea. No. He was my brother. <laughs> it, it, uh, I think it was like one of the people, it was like after I won the games one year or something, they, like I posted a picture with like my family. Yeah, yeah. And like they went and they're like, why are you on the games floor with Matt? And he's like, that's my brother. Like, Fraser, <laughs> awesome. they were like, "Holy shit!" And they were just like, "Dude, I never knew your last name, <laughs> dude." It's it's so funny. Uh, my wife started doing CrossFit recently. Yeah. Like she has, she's never done it before. Yeah. And like I started, well, she doing was a it. distance runner too. Yeah, right? she was yeah. an ultra runner for years, and I mean, still runs quite a bit. But, yeah, but it's like I started doing CrossFit in like 2005 or something. Yeah, at CrossFit North in Seattle. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was gym number two, maybe something yeah, like that. It, yeah, it if, like, it's, if it's either north, yeah. south, east, or west. <laughs> yeah, CrossFit <laughs> you know, North. Yep. And um, so, like, CrossFit's been part of my life for forever. Yeah. Like, I got uh, level one cert back in like 2008 or something. Eight, I forget something. exactly. And uh, but I did like you know kettlebell uh, running. I did all the fucking yeah. certs. I didn't do level two, but. Um, it's just been part, uh, it's been there like yeah. kind of like running and like, like, like software in the background yep. for, for so long. But it, I was talking to my buddy, um, he, he runs, owns Salt Lake City CrossFit. It was started by another guy that I worked with, V yep. Diamond and this other guy, Justin. I ran into him at HEB or uh, not HEB, the Harmons the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, and I nonchalantly, I'm like, oh, well, you know, uh, Matt, my buddy's coming into town to go hunting. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, but you you probably know him, Matt yeah. Fraser. He's like, oh, yeah, I fucking know that. And I always forget. It's, it's like, and I'm not fucking name dropping. I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking Matt. He's yeah. coming in for Matt's an elk hunt. You know, I mean, it's just normal shit. And uh, my wife was like, who, who, you know, today she's like, well, who are you podcasting? And I was like, oh, it's. Oh yeah, you probably know because you're doing CrossFit now. You know, it's yeah. like Matt Fraser, and she's like, "Oh, he's gonna be in town." And it's like, "Yeah, you fucking retard." Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> be in town. Like, but it's like now it's like because we've known each it's, other too for so long. I take for granted that like everybody knows who you are, uh, even even outside of CrossFit. It, it, it's the same thing though. Like it's the same thing. Like when I'm like before I'm coming out here, and people are like, "Oh, what are you going to Utah?" Well, I'm going out for an elk hunt. They're like, "Oh shit." That's cool. Who are you doing it with? Um, and then I'm just like, oh, you know, a couple buddies from Black Rifle. And then they're like, Evan Hafer and Matt Bass. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're the two of the people that will be there, you know? And, you know, it's just funny how some people view. And like, I, I have it too of like, you meet somebody and like, if they're excited, they've been a fan for a long time. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, hey, hey, like, just a dude, just, just like you. Like I just happen to be really good at picking things up and putting them down fast. <laughs> like, <I'm>, just <laughs> really good. Yeah, I probably have ninety nine percent percent of the same problems as you. I'm just really good at lifting things up. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that fucking dude? Uh, I forget his name, but when he was he was eastbound and down, and he was like, "Oh, it's a, it's like the single greatest line." Like I'm not trying to be the best at exercise yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I'm not and trying I, to be the best at exercise. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's so fucking funny because it's like every dude in, in you know I mean like every dude in CrossFit is like they're really I mean I shouldn't say every dude they're so fucking competitive around this one certain thing yeah. you're like, but outside of this dude, there's a whole world yeah. of like really cool shit, which is like one of the things I think the first time I met you, 
understanding like, oh no, this is going to be a chapter of your life. That's going to be very important, but it's mm -hmm. not going to be your life. Right. It's like your oh, life. hundred percent. I like my, my parents were always one of the best example or the best example for me of, you know, work, work, life balance, um, you know, the different chapters of life. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like both my parents are Olympians. Yeah. Which um, is wild. Walking into our house growing up, you would never know they were figure skaters. You know, it really? was like, there, there, there were no, there may have been like a picture or two, like tucked in a corner or something, but right. like, you know, I remember like when I was super young, like we had an unfinished basement. I'm just going through like, mm -hmm. you're looking for treasure as a little kid. And I fucking found it. Like I found these like big three, four foot tall, big gold medal trophies. And there's a whole fucking stack of them. I, I'm like six years old. I'm like, dude, I found, I actually found treasure. Holy shit. And I run upstairs. I'm like, dad, look what I found. And he's like, oh, you found those old, old trophies, you know, like, oh, where'd you find that? Um, and that just set the example for me that I'm like, you guys went to the Olympics. <laughs> That's so fucking crazy. You, you went to the Olympics and it's not the most important part of your life. Yeah. Like the gold medals that you won aren't, aren't even displayed. Mm -hmm. And to me that just showed like, yeah, like I grew up hearing the stories. They had the time of their lives. They made friends They had experiences that they'll never get again. Mm -hmm. But once they moved on, that wasn't the most, that wasn't the most significant part of their life. You know, my mom wanted their careers. You wanted kids, all this stuff. So me growing up, I was like, I'm going to take the sports for whatever it is. You know, I'm going to try to do it to the extent that I can. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to mm -hmm. do the best I can. But when I'm done, I'm done. done. Um, and so it's like the common thing is like, I think every other CrossFitter that's retired has come back or come back. Like they sit on the couch for two weeks, they're bored, they have nothing to do and they come back mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, you know, up to them. For me, I was like, fuck that. Like when I'm done, I'm done. I want to move on to something else and I want to have something else so that I'm not longing the fulfillment that mm -hmm. I had from CrossFit. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to get busy. I'm going to get to work just on something else. Um, but yeah, I, I just knew I'm like, yeah, when I'm 50, I'm not going to be trying to, you know, still compete no. or like do that or chasing PR. I'm like, no, I'll still work out from health, fun, fitness, mm -hmm. all, the, all the reasons you should. Um, but no, I hope once I leave this thing, which up to the point has been the most significant part of my life. It's been probably the best thing I've done, but I hope in 10 years, it's not. I hope in 10 years I have something new, better, something I'm excited for, whatever it is. Something I'm, like, I think a lot of vets, especially like, guys from, and I, I'll just say vets in general. And then like the special operations vets specifically around like the guys from like my old unit, you know, it's like, I was a green beret. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It's not the only thing I'm ever going to do in my life. Yeah. Like, and by the way, when I left, I left, like, I wasn't like, I didn't leave with any hostility. I didn't leave with any like negative feelings. Yeah. I was like, that's cool, but it's not going to be the single most defining thing in my life for the rest of my life. My kids don't know. Yeah. Like my six and nine. Like I don't sit around and talk to them about like, oh, well, I was a Green Beret I did kid. This, like, I did that. Yeah. No, like they know me as like the guy that they know comes you was home. Dad. And yeah, I'm dad. Like <laughs> in <clears throat> but that's the whole thing. Like I closed that chapter and moved on to, mm -hmm. you know, coffee, right? So that I'm in here. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also, you know, raising kids and started a family. And like I'm 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 trying to move on, not in the context of like, I'm moving on as if it's some kind of tragic event. It's mm -hmm. like, no man, that's, that's behind me. Like yeah. those, what my dad said is like, I, I love this saying actually. It's like, you're, you're, you're 
rear view mirror is like three by five. Your front wheelchair or your front wheelchair, your front wind, windshield is like this fucking yeah. big. So he's like concentrating on what's ahead of you and not what's behind yeah. you, right? You're looking at it for clarity and context. Yep. You're you not look looking at it, at take it. a glance at it, but yeah. don't stare at it. Like don't yeah. stare at it. I, I never, I never want yesterday to be the best day of my life. No, you know, it's like, yeah, that shit I did, that was great, and I'm psyched I did it, and no one can ever take that away from me that I won those golds. But for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm still in the space uh, in a very different capacity. You know, like I'm like, okay, I learned a lot over the mm -hmm. years, and I played my cards very close to my chest because I didn't want to help my competitors. No, well, now I'm not competing. So I'm like, okay, if I can help the next generation not make a lot of the same mistakes I made, fantastic. Get people working out, great. But my days of competing, no, I did what I wanted to do. Now now it's like I want to get feel fulfillment somewhere else. Right. So I was actually with a couple guys um, like two days ago, three days ago, whatever the fuck it was. But yeah, special, special force guys. And some of them were asking me like, yo, like how is the transition into retirement? Like, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at it and – um, the only advice I could give was like, stay busy. Mm -hmm. Like before you have free time, start lining things up. Like, cause I know for me, it's like if my project ends and then I have, you know, I have that limbo time in between where you're just kind of in purgatory waiting for the next thing. That's where my mind goes squarely. And so it's like, as I'm coming up on the tail end of something. So like my whole last year in CrossFit, I was like lining up all these projects, mm -hmm. lining up all right, the day I'm done what am I doing? Right. Um, cause I know if I'm, if I'm not pursuing something, I'm like, what am I doing in my life? I'm just wasting. Yeah. I'm just like sitting on a couch and watching TV no. middle of the day. Like, Oh, what a terrible feeling. Oh my God. It feels like I skipped school. Like any, any, any time I'm like, I took a day off like a couple, uh, maybe it's like a week ago and I just hung out with my wife. Yeah. Well, we never do that by the way. It's like, we never just like take a day where we just hang out. Yeah. Kids are at school. Just hang out. I haven't done that, dude. I don't know years. Maybe, like I don't know yeah. if I've ever done it actually. Unless so, I've had, unless I'm sick or I have an injury. So right? say, Sam and I did this for the first time like two months ago. <laughs> it was actually really fun. I was like, yeah, this is cool, dude. I I had a Saturday Sunday off, um, and Sam and I like did day-to-day -day shit. Like mm -hmm. went to the beach, went to the grocery store, like simple shit. Dude, at the end of that two days, I was like, did we go on vacation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I yeah, yeah. worked in forever. <laughs> yeah. And Sammy's like, this is a weekend. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like for the last 10 years, I've never taken a weekend. Mm -hmm. Like I train Saturday, Sunday. Now that I'm coaching, athletes train Saturday, Sunday. Right. So it's like, that's when I'm in. Monday comes around and it's like, Nobody gives a fuck that Monday's my day off. It's like, <laughs> so, you know, I'm still getting the tax calls, emails, yeah. all that stuff, conference calls. And yeah, yeah, like that, that I am trying to be better about actually, or like, especially like 6 p.m. hits, turn off the phone, turn off. Oh, the I do computer. that. I've been religious oh. about that for years. Yeah. Like, I turn everything off. Like, and I turn everything off because, like, my kids have to be like, my phone goes yeah. on the, like, it goes face down. Yep. On the table, everything's silent, everything's off because like you only get one turn at being a dad. And if I'm fucking plugged into my phone, like, by the way, this business will like suck every fucking ounce of energy you've ever had. It'll, it'll, it'll literally cost you 48 hours a day mm -hmm. if it lets you. So it's like, no, nah, I just turn it all off, man. Like, I yep. don't, I don't really care. And if I have to, then I will, but yeah. it's like, yeah, 
Not really. If people really need to get a hold of me, they can call my wife and yeah. she'll be like, hey, he's busy or whatever. But yeah, like when, when I was competing, like, you know, the amount of people calling, texting, it's like mm. not what it is now. Because right. I'm just, my work was solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was after I retired from competing, launched HWPO. And then I, I remember like for a long time, I was like, dude, this is sick. From 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. I can be on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. My heart rate never went up to 200. I'm not gasping for air. I'm not on my third set of clothes for the day. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I can work all day. Like, and then after like a year, it was like, oh shit, I haven't taken a day. Like, yeah, I haven't lifted my head up. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be retired. I'm supposed to, like, this is why I retired so I can start doing fun shit. And then I just got sucked into yeah. the next thing. And so yeah, trying trying to actually take time and be a partner. Yeah. <laughs> Novel well, idea, right? <laughs> let's go elk hunting, man. Thanks for Fuck stopping yeah. in. Matt Frazier, everybody. Uh, check out WHPO or HWPO. <laughs> we'll edit that out. No, we won't. <laughs> HWPO. We'll put links in the podcast. Go check it out. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.